may be seated. Kids Club uh, dismissed, of course. It's good to see so many pretty faces out there. Go ahead and smile, right? That's all of you. You're all pretty faces, especially Chris, right? Yeah. <laughs> Good, uh, good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Good to always come into his presence and to have the opportunity to hear what he has to say to us, what he has to give to us as we enter into this Christmas season. Um, I love Christmas. Uh, those of you that know me and my wife, we're, we're probably a little Christmas crazy. Um, so much so that in our new house, we didn't have as much room as we did in the old house. So she decided to decorate the deer banisters in place of a tree this year. We're a little nutty when it comes to Christmas stuff. So um, we love the time of year. We love the sentiment that it brings. And we love the fact that we are drawn to family and we're drawn to loved ones and friends more than we probably are any other time of the year, right? That's wonderful and that's great. But we should be encouraged by this feeling that we all get this time of year to pursue that type of living and to pursue that type of mindset year-round, right? We want to talk about, uh, you know, our last sermon series, we talked about Jesus coming and bringing the kingdom of heaven to earth, right? Bringing that mindset to earth. And in that sermon series, we talked about how we should embody that and begin to live like that. And if we're going to embody that and live like that, then we should love all year round, right? We should love our families, we should love our friends, we should love our neighbors as we do ourselves year round, right? That's what Jesus brought. He brought that mindset and he brought that attitude to all of us. He brought uh, a kingdom attitude and a kingdom mindset to us. And so I'm encouraging you to think this Christmas about how you can take that to the next level. How do you take that beyond next week? How do you take it beyond next month? Now, starting in January, we're, we're going to preach a, a, a series to you called No More Resolutions, right? I'm not going to preach it this morning. That's January, right? But what I, what I want you to think about is I want you to think about a lifestyle as we enter into that to where we're not just making resolutions that maybe last a week or two. I want us to think about creating a mindset and creating a lifestyle that drives who we are for the rest of our lives. Right, And we'll get into more of that. But as we look at that, it brings us back to this place of right before Christmas, just in his presence, finding him, seeing him, who he is, what he's done for us, and realizing that we need to give our best to him. Last week we talked with you about Zachariah, someone that probably isn't preached a lot, not talked about a lot when it comes to this time of year. And I like to do that. I like to get off the beaten path a little bit and not just share the familiar things with you, right? Zechariah was stricken dumb, right? Scripture says he was made so that he couldn't speak because he doubted what God was doing. And I'm going to tell you, I believe fully that sometimes when people are bringing negativity and doubt into the center of Christ and what Christ is trying to do, we need to not, not you know, forsake those people, but we certainly need to move away from the negativity. Amen? We need to shut up the negativity, so to speak, in our life. 
so that it doesn't influence us and it doesn't guide us away from what God is doing. What God basically did with Zechariah was he said, you know what, I'm not listening to this garbage and I don't want it to influence what I'm getting ready to do into the world with John and Jesus, so I'm just going to shut you up. I don't want you spending this gestation period talking negative about what I've done. So I'm just going to take your time, right? And then we know that the Holy Ghost came, right? That's not my words. We're not getting crazy here. The Holy Ghost came according to Scripture and said it opened his tongue, it loosed his tongue, and it allowed him to begin to prophesy to the people of what John the Baptist was and what John the Baptist was going to do and how John the Baptist was going to proceed the ministry of Christ. You see, God has it all figured out, people. He's got a plan, and he's got it all figured out. I don't care what political persuasion you are, but I'm going to tell you what, somewhere along the way, the Democrats are going to fail you, and the Republicans are going to fail you. You better find Jesus. Amen? Because he's the guy that's got it figured out. He's the guy that is walking pure and plain in front of man, in front of the wisdom and in front of the intelligence of man saying, it's folly. Right? That's Bible. That's not Jay. It says that our wisdom is folly in his presence. Right? So no matter how much we think we've got it figured out, that tells me that God just kind of sits up there going, ha, 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 ha. Right? Folly, right? That means it's funny. It's, it's laughable. Right? That's the way I take it, right? Based on my education, right? Can y'all believe that our English teacher doesn't like Shakespeare? It just blew my mind this morning. Medora, I brought her some Shakespeare books and everything that I had around the house, and I give them to her, and she's like, I'm not a really big Shakespeare fan. I'm like, what? I love Shakespeare. But anyway, sorry, Medora. I didn't mean to embarrass you. You're like super red now, so I didn't, didn't really mean to do that, but it just kind of hit me in that moment. Um, we, we, it's good? Okay, cool. I'm glad. We have to be drawn to the presence of God and his power and his presence and his hope for man. His coming was about a hope and a desire that man would return to him. His hope and desire was was something that man would come in a way that would make a difference in him, make a difference in man that would make a difference in the world, right? He says that he came to be the light so that the light might live in us and so that we might go into the world and share it. So we are called to a place that's beyond normal. We're called to a place that is supernatural in its presence because the power of God in heaven needs to manifest itself in us to do the works of heaven. You can't do the works of heaven living like the world. You can't be like Jesus living like the world. You can't act like God wants us to act, and you can't do heavenly things when you walk around this place living just like it. So we are called to a place that is better. And for us to reach a place that is better, and for us to live a life that is better, we have to bring our best. We can't just bring what's convenient. We can't just bring what's easy. We can't just bring what works. We have to, we, we got to put some effort into this thing. We got to put some time into this thing, right? Whatever that means, we've got to put it in. We have to bring our best for him. 
And if there's any better example of that in Scripture, I think it's Joseph. Now, a lot of the women out there are probably going, I think it's Mary. She had to carry that baby around, right? And everything. And, and yeah, Mary certainly put her dues in, right? And, and we know that Mary is blessed, right? For generations, we have looked at her. We have seen her life. We've seen what she did. Uh, and she is blessed before us, honored before us, because she made the sacrifice of carrying Jesus into this world. But let's not forget what Joseph did. Let's not look past Joseph's decisions. And I think if we were ever really to evaluate ourselves and we were ever really to evaluate the, the cost and, the, and, and what we have to go through to become what God wants us to be, I think Joseph is a perfect example. So I'm going to read to you this morning out of Matthew chapter 1. And we're going to start down at verse 18. It says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. But when he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. Aren't you glad? Oh, you didn't hear me. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad he'll save his people from their sins? Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took, a to, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not until she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Let's pray. Father, Lord, just pour out your glory. Just pour out your glory on this place. What a wonderful moment we have to remember the time and the price and, and the effort that was made for your son to enter this world. For the miles that were, that were walked and the, and the prices that were made, the decisions given and, and the turmoil within people's lives that existed all so that your son might come and bring salvation to whosoever will. Father, we're thankful, and Lord, we pray that you send the words, send the thoughts, send the unctions, send the things, dear Jesus, that, that are needed in this hour for each heart and for each person sitting here today, dear God, that, Lord, they might be moved by you, that they might be moved of the Holy Spirit, and, God, that its power might begin to do a work in their lives. Father, we pray that if they're weary, that God, you would, just, you would just gird up in them a strength and a zeal that passes understanding that God, the peace that comes out of heaven would come through their desire and their ambition to serve and honor you. So God, we just pray right now, visit us. Be God with us right now and visit us and allow us to look at the life of Joseph, that God, we might see something in it that would make us want to serve you more. We give you praise. We give you glory in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So 
a long time ago, in Bethlehem, no. uh, a long time ago, um, my girlfriend and I, actually she wasn't even my girlfriend, she was my best friend, and I were cast into a play where she was Mary and I was Joseph. And, and we were kind of at that stage where, um, you know, we hadn't really figured out that we liked each other, right? We were friends and, and everything, and, and we were trying to figure all that out. And so the, the matchmakers in the church who saw it way before we did and was pushing us together said, we'll make them Mary and Joseph, right? And so we were Mary and Joseph. But in this play, we each had a moment. And it's hard to believe Sam on the stage had to stand in front of the whole congregation and have a moment with a spotlight on her where she portrayed Mary in her travail with Jesus, right? I can't even get her to hold a microphone. And she, she did that 24, 5 years ago, right? Yeah. We're going to be married 23 years in January. It's pretty cool. Huh? Um, so that said, I had to play Joseph, and I had to have the moment that the Bible speaks of that I read to you here where, where I had to stand out there and I had to, through the emotion stage of what Joseph was, was really feeling. And, and, you know, the play was written, and I had my part, and I had to memorize my lines, but I didn't like them. I didn't like the lines. I thought they were kind of poorly done. When you really think of that moment, and you really think of what a man would be doing, I, I think it had to go far deeper and greater in, in travail than, than what was depicted there. And, and so, <clears throat> so the lady doing the play was a good friend of ours, and I went to her, and I said, I don't like this. Can I do my own thing? And she's like, you're probably going to anyway, aren't you? And I was like, yeah, pretty much, pretty much, and um, so forth. And she says, yeah, I trust you, do whatever. And um, so I was praying over it and praying over it and praying over it. And one night I had a dream that I was on stage and the lights were on me and I went through this. And, and in that dream, it was so real. It was almost as if I was, I was Joseph in, in that dream. And I remember crying out and, and, and talking to God and saying to God, this can't be. I've waited my whole life for this moment. I've waited my whole life for the woman that you would give me. And now I have to deal with this? It's not fair. And, and God allowed that power to manifest through that dream and, and on the stage. And, and we did the play and... and um, uh, I, I had people who saw the video and everything else saying, where, where did you find this play? And, and so we told them what the play was, and they came back, and said, that Joseph part and that Mary part wasn't in there. And we're like, no, they kind of did that on their own, and, and so forth. But, and I believe it was that way because I believe it was what God sent. And nothing against the person who wrote that play. I don't even remember the name of it. But nothing against the person that wrote that play, but that's what he sent us in that time and in that moment, and, and God gave it. And it was then that I really, for the first time in my life, took a step back and was like, dang, man, Joseph, right? And I, I can't think of many guys, even myself, I can't think posed with that situation, posed with that exact same scenario, who would handle it with as much honor, with as much dignity, and with as much spiritual fervor as Joseph did in that moment. I imagine most of us would have been angry. I imagine most of us would have had, would have been hurt. Most of us would have probably accused Mary rather than embraced her and rather than, than protect her dignity like Joseph did. And, and I think this happening of Joseph, this moment of Scripture shows us how God can move upon all of us 
to embody something that we never consider, to embody something that we've never thought of before and that could ever conceivably happen to us. I believe the story of Joseph takes us all there. I believe it takes us all to that place to where we have to decide and we have to choose God over idea, over want, over goal, over whatever thoughts for tomorrow and next week and next month and next year. It's good to have goals, right? I don't want to take goals away from anyone. We should all have goals. We should all pursue them. And we should all work hard. I believe in in working hard. Uh, I grew up with a grandfather who was a a coal miner four days a week, 16 hours a day, and farmed the other three days a week, um, 12 to 15 hours a day, and then went back to the coal mines and just did it in a cycle. So I grew up in that environment. I believe in hard work, uh, and I believe it's a lot of why this generation's failing. Just saying... That's extra. But what I want you to know is sometimes our goals, sometimes our ideas of how it's supposed to work get interrupted. It changes because God reveals to us what God really wants. God reveals to us what God is really doing. And we all sit in the same place, Joseph, in the same place, Mary, sat and we have to decide my way or his. And it's in those moments that we are challenged to give our best. We are challenged to give our best and we are challenged to do the things that God wants over the things that we want. And that's tough. That's hard. Right? All of us want to be a good dad. All of us want to be a good mom. We want to be a good worker. We want to do the things that, 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 that bring all of our hopes and dreams to fruition. And there's nothing wrong with that. But in all of our efforts and in all of our times, we are all going to have to choose God over me. And that's where Joseph was. Joseph was in a place where he had to make an absolute decision to put God first. He had to choose to give his very best to God. What did that mean? It meant giving up his dreams. It meant giving up the way he thought it was going. It meant giving up the idea of having a wife and having a family exactly the way he had always wanted. He had to choose to give that up so that God might bring the Savior into the world. And so we see just a little snippet of Scripture that calls us into this thinking and calls us into this place of where maybe we get a little bit of understanding of what Joseph went through. I think it's it's great for us to understand, number one, Joseph behaved honorably, right? He could have, Mary ultimately could have been stoned to death. She ultimately could have been drugged into the street, stoned to death, believing that she was impregnated by another man or had even had relationships with Joseph before they were married, all punishable by death in that day. And so rather than go through that, Joseph put her away, put her up, took to her and cared for her all so that what God had planned to come to fruition, not what Joseph had planned. So he behaved honorably. And I think for us to to understand how we embody Christ, it's got to start with honor. 
right? When we, when we carry Christ, the Bible tells us that we have to, to forsake ourselves and carry our cross. And when we take on that cross, it's not a, it's not a yoke. It's not a burden. It's not, it's not something that should weigh us down and cause us to live our life in dread. But it is something that is honorable among us. It is something for us to say that I am willing to give up myself to carry the name and the banner of Jesus Christ for all of man to see. And until we choose to live our life and to see Jesus as that important as something that we carry around to to, to promote to the world of who he is and what he wants to do in their life, we never really fully understand what it means to carry the cross. You see, everything in Jesus' life was about honoring God, right? Don't tell anybody, my time hasn't come yet. Amen? There's none good but the Father which is in heaven, right? These are all things that Jesus said. Jesus didn't want the attention. Jesus didn't want the fanfare. He wanted everything to point to God. So, in that kingdom mindset, our goal should have everything to be to point to Jesus, right? Our heart, our mind, our soul, our direction, our honor should be about lifting him up and bringing glory to him, right? So if we're going to give our best, it's got to start with honor, just as it did with Joseph. Doing the honorable thing and presenting ourselves before Christ where we allow his will to be our will, right? Then next, the next thing that, that Joseph did was he trusted God. Now, I mean, I mean he trusted God. God, right? And I don't know how to really paint this picture for you any more clearer than to just be blunt with you this morning, but here was his virgin bride telling him she was pregnant of the Holy Ghost. That's a lot to chew on, Right? That's a lot for any guy to take a step back and, and consider. And I don't, I don't want to be weird or, or, or anything, and I don't, I don't want to make any wild assumptions here, okay? But, but I think we all know how we all think and how we all live, and we all know how the flesh incarnates itself, and not many of us would respond like Joseph responded. No matter our story, no matter how many years we've been going to church, no matter what, all of us would have had a really tough time. With that, And honestly, most of us don't live close enough that if the angel did visit us that we would have bought in. Outside or amen, but it's true. Most of us would have seen our dreams and our hopes and our aspirations crushed. We would have been brokenhearted because we would have believed that someone had betrayed us. And we would have found ourselves all alone. Joseph chose in this moment. Joseph chose in this hour to trust God. That God was doing exactly what he said he was going to do. And that he was going to use Joseph exactly how he said he was going to use Joseph to see it through. Joseph chose to trust God. And friends, in our walk, in our walk with God, we, we need to start trusting him. 
right? We need to quit showing up on Sunday, playing our role, playing our part, and then living like the world through the week. And I know you've heard every preacher in history say that a million times. But friends, I believe if there was ever a time for us to draw ourselves nigh unto Him, I believe it is today. I believe it is today. I believe we are called to a place to where we trust Him, we live righteously, and we pursue Him in all holiness. Amen? And the first time you say that, first time as a preacher that comes out of your mouth, everybody's sitting back there, well, the Bible says you can't be holy. Right? It's kind of like a Mark Lowry moment, right? The Bible says you can't be holy. Well, true. There are places in the Bible where it says none of us are perfect. Right? Jesus even said, there is none good but the Father which is in heaven. So there you have it. Jesus said it. Oh, but wait. Jesus also said, be ye holy as your Father which is in heaven is also holy. What do I do now, preacher? Right? You trust, and after trusting, what do you do? You get to work. You get to work. You don't just trust because you want to work. You just don't honor him because you want to honor him. It takes time, it takes effort, and it takes work. We must work if we want to give our best to him. Say, Now, what are you saying, uh, uh, preacher? I show up to set up. I do this, I do that, and everything. That's all good. Amen, trust me. Keep coming to set up. Right? Sam, Sam and I don't want to do it all. Right? And, and you guys have been wonderful. The, the seven or eight families that help us with that, uh, immense helpful and, and wonderful and we appreciate you okay but, but keep doing it um, but that's not when I talk about work that's not what I'm talking about I'm talking about personal work I'm talking about examining yourself kind of work I'm talking about the kind of work that you choose to be something bigger you choose to be something better you choose to pursue something that only God is giving and only God can give and you make the sacrifices to get there. That's the work I'm encouraging you to do. Joseph did just that. 70 miles on foot, right? 70 miles. I checked about seven different references. And some will tell you um, 70 is the lowest I found. Some will tell you up to, to 100. But the, the most common theme I saw in, in the references and everything else is about 70 to 72 miles. 72 miles on foot over hills and mountains, through valleys, with a pregnant woman on a donkey on foot. That's work. That's work. That's not easy. That's exhausting. Right? And, and there was a movie a few years ago that showed you the blisters and it showed you all of the things that, that he endured physically to do that. And I'm going to tell you what, sometimes when, when we really dig in for Jesus, we're, we're going to endure physically, right? We're going, to, we're going to go through some rough spots. But I'll tell you this, if your spirit is where it needs to be, if, you're, if your time of intercession and your time uh, of, of closeness with God is where it needs to be, the physical work, the physical pain, the physical labor, the effort, the sacrifice will mean nothing. Why? Because you will be so on fire for God. You will be so on fire to see what God wants to bring that it won't matter. You will suffer the pain. You will give up the sleep. You will do the things that you need to do to honor Him, to prove your trust of him so that he might do a work through you and friend until you're there 
Until you're there, you're playing around with it. You're playing around with it. You're, you're getting a little bit hot. You're getting a little bit cold. You're getting a little bit hot. You're getting a little bit cold. And I don't, I don't want to embellish that, but I want you to understand that we can have moments. But friend, I'm, God's calling us to a lifetime. God's calling us to a lifestyle and a lifetime pursuing him. Joseph made a, a, a declaration. Joseph made a moment within himself where he decided, yes, I'm going to buy into what the angel says. And yes, I'm going to buy into what God says he's doing. And yes, I am going to exhaust myself to see it through. He got to work, man. He got to work and he gave it everything he had. And what did he get rewarded with? He said, this is our problem. We all want to know what we're going to get. You're going to make me rich, God? Yeah. I'm into prosperity. Hallelujah. No, no, not this guy. Not this guy, okay? What I want you to understand is what he got, his reward for all of that, After that huge, long journey, God had prepared for them a stall. Not what you expect, right? Man, if I walk 70 miles on foot, pulling a, pulling a donkey with a pregnant woman on my I better at least get a Marriott, right? At least, right? But that's not what God had, had laid up for us. You see, what we have to understand for to, to truly embody what God is wanting to do is, is number one, we've we got to start with honor. Number two, we've got to trust him. Number three, we've got to put in the work. And then number four, we have to realize that it is not about us. It is not about us. For us to truly give our best to God, like Joseph did, like Mary did, uh, like Zachariah didn't and became an example for all of us, what we have to really grasp in all of that is we have to understand that it's not about us. It's not about our reputation. It's not about our resume. It's not about our bank account. It's not about the cars we drive. And it's not about who we are and what we are and where we've been and, and yada, 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 yada. Okay? It takes us right back to the beginning of carrying our cross, lifting up the name of Jesus and living our life a reasonable sacrifice in worship to Jesus Christ. It becomes about him. And that is exactly what Joseph did. He graciously accepted the stall. He graciously pondered and received all of the things that came with it. And you want to know what he did? You want to know what he did? And Scripture doesn't tell us this in black and white, but if you read it and you connect the dots, I think it's crystal clear. Okay? You want to know what he did? He raised the Savior of the world. There's a lot of people who will tell you that he left, and a lot of people who will tell you this and that and the other, but, but if, if you study the theologians and you, and you study the, the, the historical documents and everything else like that, it tells you what? Joseph was a... He was a carpenter. Thank you, Brian. Jesus was a... Carpenter. Thank you. 
Oh, so Joseph was a carpenter. Jesus was a carpenter. Did that just happen? I think we can pretty easily connect the dots that Jesus became a carpenter because dad was a carpenter and dad raised him. Dad took the time, took the effort, and he raised our Savior. You talk about putting a banner up over our life. You talk about trusting in, in the God of creation. Talk about putting the work in. Man, can you imagine? <laughs> can you imagine? I'm, I'm leading God incarnate. I'm raising him. I'm putting food on his table. Friends, let me tell you this. When we look at our sons and our daughters, we are credited with as much responsibility as Joseph was. And if you're failing at being a dad, and if you're failing at being a mom, and if you're failing at setting the precedent of Jesus Christ in your home before your kids, then you need to get to work. You need to get to work. And you need to give your best for Him. Because someday, someday soon, and it happens in a blink. You guys with little kids, I love them. I love them, and I will play with them, and I'll take them up on our, at our place and waller them in the mud. I threaten that to Medora all the time. Spring Eddie over, I'll waller them in the mud for a few hours, right? And I, I'm all about that. I, man, you, you take one look at my boys, and you know I raise boys, right? And, and I, I believe in that wholeheartedly and everything else. But if I did anything, I have, I have devoted myself to presenting Jesus Christ first. And I didn't always measure up. And there were a lot of times that as a man, I had to show up at the dinner table and I had to offer apologies before I offered blessing. Right? I'm not just yapping because I'm up in here and there's a camera and, and all this, that, and the other. You ask my wife. There was a lot of times I had to step into the room and say, hey, guys, I blew it. I blew it. That didn't edify Christ. That didn't, that didn't bring honor and glory to him. And by no means did it set the right example to, to you guys of how you should live and how you should walk in his presence. And, and I apologize. I was wrong, and I can only promise you that I'm going to get better. Right? Friends, we are, we are pursuing the opportunity to pass Jesus on to the next generations. When I sit back and I take into account the fact that, that Joseph didn't just do his part leading a donkey 70-some miles and spending the night in, in, a, in a stable and then fleeing to Egypt and then just kind of abandoned everything. When I take into account the fact that Jesus was a carpenter because Joseph, the carpenter, raised him, it makes me really question my motives. And it makes me really question who I am, where I am, and what I need to do. So friend, when we, when we think about our best, what is our best, man? Jay, you've laid down a whole lot. It's, it's a struggle for me just to carry the banner. It's a struggle for me just to, to honor him. And friend, you've got to get that one right before you move on to the next one. You've got to choose to, to, to live as pure as you can in front of him. 
And that means everything. What you watch on TV, what you buy at the grocery store, amen, what you put in your body, everything has got to be focused on that purity that examples Jesus Christ. And then you've got to choose to walk in, in faith. You've got to choose to walk in, in the trust of God and what God's wanting to do. Amen? So, so number one, you've got to seek that out. And when God reveals it, then you've got to start trusting in Him. You've got to start believing that, man, this feels really weird. This feels really crazy. I'm like out on the water and I'm like ready to look down and fall in. Are you going to save me? But you've got to keep walking. You've got to keep walking and you've got to keep trusting. Right? And, I, and I, if there's anything I have lived through and I could stand up here for the next three hours and tell you stories, I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I could tell you stories. My wife could tell you stories of how we have been at our end and and just throw our hands up in the air and that's when God moves for us. I promise you, when you walk in faith, He will never fail you. He will never fail you. Don't get out on your own. Amen? Because that's when He'll be like, oh, okay, you have a better way. I'll let you see how that works out. And I'm talking about when you walk in faith. And when you start to see him bless that, when you start to see him honor that, when you start to see him realize that, oh, okay, they're, they're doing what I asked. They're following what I laid down. That's when the work gets easy. That's when you start to get fired up. That's when the, the, the crap down here doesn't really influence you and doesn't really bother you. Because that's when the fire from heaven takes root in your life, takes root in your soul, and it begins to drive your every step, and you become impassioned with it. And that's when the work becomes a glorious thing and not a treasure. And then ultimately, ultimately, we do our job. We do our job. We do what God intends for us to do in his great manuscript. We become what God wanted us to be. And we live out our best for him here on this life. I can't think of a better example than Joseph. And I want you to, it's not just a mom and dad thing, okay? But I want you, I want you to take away that by Joseph raising Jesus, teaching him the trade, spending the time, putting in the work, and doing the things that mattered in the kingdom in front of Jesus every day. Joseph gave up on maybe what his dreams were, what he had hoped for for years, so that he might fulfill what God Trust him, put in the work, and receive what he has for you. That's what we're that's, that's what we're called to, that's where we're at. That's what Joseph did. Yeah. 
I read stories like that, and I don't know about you, it speaks to my manhood, right? To me, this is like one of the Braveheart moments of Scripture, right? Everyone watches Braveheart, right? Kind of machismo kind of, kind of movie kind of thing. Y'all have some Braveheart? A couple of you have. Okay, man, some of y'all, some of y'all got to come up to the house this week and, and, and pajama pants, we're just going to put our feet up and eat some snacks and watch Braveheart or something. Sam's like, no, thank you. Um, yeah, she, she doesn't she doesn't do all the the, the blood and gore stuff. So um, they can they can go watch Prancer. Yeah, she likes Prancer. Um, but to me, this is this is one of those brave heart moments of Scripture. It's not someone swinging a sword around and cutting off people's heads and, and all of this and that and the other. I don't want to give you that idea. But what it is is a moment where a man steps up and becomes a man empowered by the Holy Ghost and the power of Jesus Christ over his life to fulfill the will of God. And I don't know anything tougher. I don't know anything more machismo than that. And that's the kind of stuff that just cranks me. So this morning as we enter into Christmas, I've laid down a lot of challenges. I've laid down a lot of challenges. And I do that because I love you, right? And I do that because that's what's what God has given to me first. So I had to deal with me on those things before before I, I deal with you on it this morning. So don't be offended by it. But I do want you to be challenged by it. Be challenged to walk every step. Be challenged to live every moment. Be challenged to carry the cross that God has given you so that He might See, everything I told you about Joseph, everything, everything that I said, everything that I shared with you this morning is summed up in the last thing I read. Then Joseph, verse 24, then Joseph being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him. He put in the work. Did everything that the, that the angel had bidden him. He put in the work and he took unto him his wife. He, he acted with honor. And he knew her not. He gave up his dreams until she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Everything he did goes back to verse 21 when it says, And she shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Our job is no different than Joseph's. Now, we might not have to lead a donkey 70 miles and sleep in a stall with a newborn baby. But our job is to carry Jesus to the world. Amen? doesn't necessarily mean we have to, to go to Zimbabwe. Matter of fact, Amy, oh, she, she had to go. Yeah, Amy informed me this week, and I meant to share this during announcements, and, and I got sidetracked. Uh, our our um, uh, shoe boxes. Uh, a portion of them are in Zimbabwe, another portion of them are in the Philippines, and another portion is in a remote area unable to report. So that means it's like one of those places where they hike it up a mountain, get in a canoe and, and take it and go. That until I had a friend who actually helped deliver with with the shoeboxes one year, I, I never believed they went to those ends. They, they surely did. So anyway, everyone that played part on our shoebox giving, um, that's, uh, that's where our shoeboxes are, is in one of those three places. Um, but we don't necessarily have 
to personally carry Jesus to those places. Maybe we just need to carry Jesus home. Maybe we just need to carry Jesus to our family. Maybe we need to take him to our neighbor. Maybe we need to take him to our workplace and that a guy that's a little hard to deal with. Maybe we just need to carry Jesus across the street. Maybe it doesn't take a seven-mile journey with a donkey and a pregnant wife. Maybe it has everything to do God just isn't looking at you going, I don't know. No. When he looks at you, he boasts with pride, knowing. Knowing who you are, knowing what you are, and knowing what you're supposed to do. Now he's calling you. He's calling you to do. I, for his glory, am asking you, giving your best. Giving your best. Dig down. Dig down. Fight through battle through the stuff that, that Satan puts in your way. Amen. Sam and I were talking all of a sudden my back had done great for years and it seems like in the last two or three months I've, I've struggled more than anything with it and this and that and the other to the point that I'm, I'm even wearing a brace this morning up here because I've had a hard time getting through the afternoons after standing up here doing this. But you know what? I'll keep doing it. I'll keep doing it brace or not. I'll keep dealing with the pain. I'll keep fighting through. Why? Because i got a job a job to do, and I'll do it for Jesus, and I'll carry it to the best of my abilities. And I want you to do it. I want you to take my hand, I want you to stand beside me, and I want you to do it for the glory of Jesus. Amen. Fight through the stuff. Fight through the stuff. Make the hard decisions. Choose to be used. Amen. And say all that for, for, for vanity or self but, but for example and, and encouragement, man, I want you to give it all you got. Amen. I can't say it any better than this. I want you to give it all you got. Pour it into him and let him make a difference into you. And I promise, promise when you do these things that Joseph exampled for us, you will enter into 2019 without resolutions. You'll walk into 2019 without resolutions. You'll walk into 2019 with an attitude have a need, if something's been revealed to you, we encourage you to come. Bring it to Jesus.
bless you and